Hey, you guys, this is actually kind of a really, can I say neat? Is that a, an old school word of uh, uh, exciting for me? Uh, everyone talks to Liz because it's our first live on location podcast. I am on location at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2022. Yes, it's happening in Las Vegas. It's a whole Megillah with, you know, the you got to be vaxxed, which we are, and you've got to test and you've got to wear your mask. But once you get in, you are looking at the future of consumer technology. And our, our first day has been all about mobility and cars and trucks EVs, autonomous, you can resist it all you want and think it's fun to gun your engine. That stuff's going away. I mean, Chrysler made a kind of a shocking announcement today, stunning really. They said by 2028, they will no longer have internal combustion cars. They're going all electric. I mean, that to me is amazing. Tesla already well ahead in many cases. Lucid is huge. Rivian, some of you may be invested in that. But if you're going to go all electric with autopilot and autonomous, LiDAR is what has to be in there if you talk to the experts. And one of the leaders in LiDAR, and that stands for light detection and ranging. Yeah, I studied that. Um, <laughs> is Yeah, that's, that's Austin Russell laughing. He is the founder and CEO of Luminar, ticker symbol LAZR Laser. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great great to chat. And, and I, our listeners are very interested in the climb. These are American dream success stories. And before you guys all start to have your ears and your eyes glaze over, yeah, we'll get into the technology, but more importantly, Austin voluntarily dropped out of Stanford to start this company. And, and that is a huge, like, I'm a two-time Stanford reject, okay? I ended up going to Berkeley, but, okay, I really wanted to go there. I would never drop out of Stanford, but what a, what a gutsy bet he made, and now it is a huge multi-billion dollar company. Let's talk about you as a senior in high school opening your acceptance letter to Stanford. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, um, you know, I, and, and that, was, that was a good starting point. I'd say that, and even before then, it all starts with the drive of, of knowing the hows and whys and, and what you want to do. And this is where I've always had a very focused mission about wanting to to build new things, to create new things. And at the same time, I mean, even going back uh, from the beginning, from the different software projects, hardware projects that I worked on, you know, applied for my first patent when I was like around 12, 13 to what? Really get things going. So, I'm sorry, you applied for a patent at age 12? Uh, did yeah. you get it? Uh, yes, I did. What was it for? Uh, it was actually for a water recycling system, interestingly enough. So it was, it was for a residential commercial use. To, it's funny, it's not related to any of the stuff that we're doing now, but I uh, just had a bunch of really interesting ideas about how to be able to improve the world and wanted to be able to go, go in on it. Um, that was really before I took the opportunity to actually start commercializing some of these things, but... Um, eventually got just into the world of, of lasers and optics and all that other stuff and that's where I ended up um, as uh, spent more time so to say we'll talk about from a high school standpoint spent as much or more time actually in parallel at this place called the Beckman Laser Institute um, for the latter couple of years there um, so it, it wasn't totally out of the blue when you know got recruited up by Stanford you know hence your question there uh, to be able to go up to the Bay Area um, didn't last very long though it was only about six months before you know, knew that wanted to go all in full time on uh, specifically the, the company, Luminar. Um, there was actually a guy, Peter Thiel, uh, that convinced, and uh, his whole program that convinced me to really go all in on my company. It was that, I mean, the tagline is, uh, you know, give uh, students $100,000 to drop out of school or do whatever. The reality is, is that 
Uh, you have to have an insane amount of drive to want to do these things in any scenario, which, <laughs> but it, but it's great to have you know great sponsors and networks and other stuff like that. So, your parents said what when you said, "Mom, Dad, um, I, I'm dropping out of Stanford." <laughs> you know, in some ways it's not surprising, in some other ways it's like, I, I think in in every uh, in every parent's mind, it's always like red flags when you take a, a non-traditional route or path, but they've actually been very, very supportive and accommodating, and uh, hey, I, I actually did what I said I was going to do, so, you know, it, it, it worked out okay. You saved them a lot of money. <laughs> saved them a lot of money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Did Stanford try and keep you? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, they all kind of do. I mean, I think the reality is, though, is that uh, it, it, the whole system around academia is not particularly designed to build and foster entrepreneurial ventures or things like this. I mean, Stanford probably more so than a lot of different systems, but on a relative basis, it's a very, very low bar. And and that's the thing that I, I think there is a big opportunity to be able to have some level of reform when it comes to education, when it comes to these things, to be able to incentivize more of this. Obviously, it does work a little bit against, you know, the whole notion of colleges getting paid and everything around, you know, the you know, We'll, we'll, we'll save save some uh, <laughs> save some dollars, but at, at the at the end of the day, the reality is is that uh, I think that there's a ton of great ideas out there, and you know, really smart people that have opportunities to implement it. When the time is right, that's where you know you have to go all in. Were you scared to make the jump and and put your future? A, in your own hands, and that of Peter Thiel, the big venture capitalist who says, for really bright people, you quit quit school and I'll give you a hundred grand to help start your really gunning the engine on your company. Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. And, and uh, to be totally honest, I wasn't scared at all. It, it, it was actually, it's funny, it was actually the opposite. Uh, I was more scared than anything of not always taking the jump and just being super boring for the rest of my life. Okay, so, you so you're, talking, you're talking to an audience that many of whom have hopes and dreams yeah. and ideas, but what holds back 99% of the world is fear. Fear yeah. that you're not going to have something to fall back on. Fear of a plan B that disappears or a steady paycheck. Yeah. What do you say to people like that? You know, it, it's a fair question, and the reality is that that fear is there, you know, from an innate reason of people tend to want to be more conservative around bigger decisions or just not take that jump or just always want to keep pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off and then say, you know, maybe we'll get to it one day and then years go by and then it never happens. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, you really just have to be able to take that step forward and take that leap if you want to be able to make stuff happen. Now, obviously, you know, don't do it willy-nilly. These are big decisions around things, but do it for the right reason. Yeah. Um, but more than anything, also just don't do it because other people tell you to do something or don't do it because, it, like, do it because in terms of what actually feels right to you, but informed in a logical way and capacity. And, and that's the thing is that, um, you know, I mean, what, there's that classic saying of, you know, if you, if you do what you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life, you know, whatever it is. But, and I think that is true in, right. a, in a lot of ways. Well, that's the Warren Buffett says you should want to tap dance to work. You love what you do so much. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't always feel like that every day, but, you know, on the, on the, on the uh, but that's the grunt. That's the grunt. And then when you take a step back, and you realize what you've been able to do and just 
what you really pulled off. Mm-hmm. That's where you're tap dancing like no tomorrow. It's worth fighting for as yep. long as you can say this is worth, yeah, a little bit of pain and, and fear and fright. Listen, failure too. We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash claimant. Just go to indeed.com slash claimant right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash claimant. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can you describe, pretend you're talking to a 12-year-old because sometimes I feel like one, <laughs> LIDAR in a snapshot. Yeah. So, as you astutely pointed out, uh, LIDAR stands for light detection and ranging. Uh, good one. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, now, now the question is, what does laser stand for? Mm. Oh, I used to know that. I know what scuba stands for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? There you go. Hey. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. I mean, I'm, I, I, this monkey has a few tricks up yeah. <laughs> But scuba, uh, sorry, laser is... Uh, light amplification through stimulated emission and radiation. Okay, you got me there. There you go. But, uh, no, <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, no, but that's impressive. So the point is, is that, so LIDAR, it basically uses lasers to send out pulses of light into the environment, measuring how long it takes for that pulse to hit an object and come back. And because we know the speed of light, and with really, really fast timing circuits and, and sensitive receivers and everything that goes into it, we can tell how far away something is by doing this, and then doing this millions of times, repeatedly, very, very quickly. And that's where it takes an incredible amount of specialized components and equipment and everything to be able to make all of this work. But that's exactly what we've done. Build all these different components from the ground up to be able to make this work to meet these very stringent performance requirements, safety requirements, and, and not much less do so in something that doesn't cost $100,000 or a million dollars, but, you know, hundreds of dollars so that it can go on every vehicle. And and that's the uh, that's the significance of what, what, what we, it is and what it is. We were there with you on air when you went public, when the company became a publicly traded company, and that instantly made you the youngest self-made billionaire. To me, and now I feel like I've known you now, like, not best friends or anything, but I mean, we've talked a lot and we connect on on a very visceral level, uh, sorry, cerebral level. That's how cerebral I am. Uh, To me, you seem like the kind of person who's so busy working, you're not sitting there throwing your money around, but I do understand you've started a philanthropic fund of sorts. Tell me what you're doing with philanthropy. Yeah, so I think that that's definitely uh, one aspect of what we're doing. It doesn't take away from anything from the day-to-day of everything I'm just grinding away at Luminar, but rather hopefully actually has some synergistic benefits. So uh, there, there's a couple things that I did just over the past uh, week over the Christmas break, um, which was one of it was uh, a uh, $70 million, um, donation to the Florida Foundation. We're good with them. I, I'm a huge believer in... Uh, 
being able to help the local community holistically and you know with uh, Luminar's headquarters uh, being officially in Orlando uh, we also have, have locations in, in California Silicon Valley as well but uh, Orlando has been a particular focus and, and by the way the reason for that is, is that it turns out the highest concentration of these type of LiDAR engineers and specialized individuals out of anywhere in the world which was that was part of the reason for the base maybe seems counterintuitive but there's actually a lot of defense industry the space coast Cape Canaveral and all that it's been a great source of talent but uh, so, so that, that's, we really leverage that to the full extent to be able to help build Luminar and help the local economy. But now, from a personal standpoint, uh, I, I look forward to being able to also help the local community. Good. And if you take a look at, it, it's kind of amazing to see, is that if you take a look at these other, uh, other types of environments, like say in um, for, uh, the Silicon Valley or other types of environments in, the, in this world, mm-hmm. uh, other major metro areas, I mean, it's not uncommon to see tens, uh, like ten or tens of billions of dollars, philanthropic dollars, being uh, invested into the local community. When you take, you take a look at something like Orlando, it's very underinvested in the sense that you know there's only been around um, what uh, on the order of I think it was 60, 70 million to date, for example, with mm-hmm. this uh, foundation, eighty million now over the past couple of decades. So when you now it's time to I think start multiplying, and this gotcha. is hopefully going to be a big a big hub for uh, for the future. Okay, I want to do a quick lightning round before we say goodbye because we're both extraordinary busy here at CES. These are just random questions that I'm literally pulling out of the air. Do you believe there's life on another planet right now? Uh, Well, there's this whole thing with the Fermi paradox that Mm -hmm. would uh, indicate... There there is some reasonable probability of it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's impossible to... uh, it's impossible to say, uh, but that's a very, uh, it's a very specific question that uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I have an informed enough opinion on yet to be able to particularly confidently state something. Uh, either way, not that anyone else does either. But okay, you were creating water systems as a twelve-year-old, or at right. least water purification, and and. We know that there's a water... I did win the California State Science Fair with it, and it counts for anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how close are we to running out of clean water in this country? Um, it's, a, it's a fair question. I think it obviously goes through cycles as well, like mm-hmm. particularly in California. You know, there's been cycles of extended drought that mm-hmm. have caused a lot of strain on the local systems. That was part of the incentive um, back when I was um, a lot younger to be able to... Uh, create these kinds of uh, systems that could continuously recycle residential and commercial water, which otherwise oftentimes is lost to underground aquifers that may or may not be accessible uh, or other runoff. So uh, there, there are definitely opportunities to make a difference there that I think are not being fully taken advantage of by, by any means, and particularly in drought-prone areas. Uh, it, it can make a huge difference. And I am looking at the shoes you're wearing, but our viewers, our listeners, they, they can't see them. What is your preferred shoe to wear? <laughs> I, I am usually wearing Allbirds. Okay. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're very... Very comfortable, uh, you know, but uh, it, 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 it works well. I just yeah, like they've, they've been on the show. And finally, with some of the extra money that you have from your success, I heard you bought a multi-billion dollar mansion in somewhere in California. You don't have to say where. Do you have somebody you care about with whom you're sharing it? Because I have more people asking me if you're single. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, well, if, 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 if there's a multi-billion dollar place somewhere, as you were saying, then, then please tell me where that one is. But, uh, you know, uh, no, but, um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm traveling around. I'd say I'm probably on the road 
more than half the time, you know, with customers and other other types of, uh, of parties all around. But um, but yeah, I've spent time between um, you know Florida, kind of home base in California, and then. Uh, uh, no, but uh, but I, I do have somebody that's at least managing uh, all, all the stuff on the, on the personal side. Oh, okay then. All right. Well, well, we'll wait for that headline. Austin, it is a pleasure to have you. And your gutsy story of the climb and taking some real chances in life really resonates with our, our listening audience for Everyone Talks to Liz. Good luck. And uh, we are going to see much more of you, I know, in the future. Thanks. Austin Russell of Luminar. You guys, uh, it's been crazy here on this day one of CES, but we're going to bring you lots more inspirational and aspirational stories right here. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am going to be on 3 p.m. Eastern, as you know, the claim and countdown, but from CES the next couple of days, depending on when you're listening to this right now. Have a great day.